Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and it sounds like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love uh, you know creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be able to create more Spurs, Spurs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please head to Patreon com slash a bit uh, The more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. <laughs> so let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at abitspursy.com. Uh, we wanted, no? We wanted to try to get your points. We wanted to try to, to win. Uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, I think that it's fair. Uh, it's fair to tell that uh, today the draw is, uh, is right. Tottenham topple the champions of day one. Wow! He's taken the cover off that. A splendid goal from Sean McHugh-Min, which gets Spurs off to a fire. Hello, everyone. Stuffed up the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a bit Spursy Comic-Con. Um, a yet another festival because our performances have been a joke. Um, that's where I'm, that's where I'm starting today. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. Um, and we have uh, another brutally boring game to talk about. Um, but we're going to do it in such a fun way that the way that you look back on that game is is similar to that of the Champions League semi final against Ajax. Isn't that right, Dan? That's right. We are going to just lie and talk about it <laughs> yeah. as if with fake facts. <laughs> and yep. wow, how great was Son's hat trick? Mm, so good. So good. I loved the way that Kulisevsky, um did that Rabona cross uh, for Kane's header. That was amazing. It was perfect, wasn't it? It was so yeah. good. Um, and the subs, you know, like as soon as it seemed like we were sort of getting a bit stuck, we made subs that changed the game. So that, that was huge. Yeah, we really saw some flexibility from Conte in his system mm. here and it was good to see him just, you know, proactively make changes and really get the result. And not, not yeah. stubbornly stick to something. Exactly, exactly. It was, it was, it was so great to watch. Obviously, none of that happened, and it was yet again like my, when my main thought post game was, "Oh my god, we have to do a podcast about this." Uh, <laughs> like after last week, with how uh, turgid it was, and then this, it was the same. I was like, I cannot believe that we have to talk about this game because yet again, it was sort of like nothing happened I, I feel like Barney we need to somehow in like invent AI versions of ourselves that we could just put on here mm. when we have a game like this and it just you know repeats some uh some other rhetoric that we don't have to go into um yeah because you're right it was yeah like it, it was one of those things where like this game in isolation you could go okay cool bad game Brentford mm. aren't that bad and they've been playing mm. pretty well re- recently yeah but really just compounded by the Brighton result which to me now that's the really poor one, yeah. Out of yeah, these two, yeah. and the fact that Arsenal just can't stop bloody winning. Oh, what I was like rubbing my hands together for this week, um, and then Chelsea do what they always do, which is um, lose at the time where we need them to win, and um, Manu are just Manu. So yeah, painful. I can't believe that. Like at two one when Bruno missed that penalty, I was like. Oh no! <laughs> How is this happening? So, did you watch the Arsenal menu game? I did. Yeah, and it would I have. Did. I'm I'm assuming like going into it, be like, yeah, great, we're going to watch this. You know, hopefully draw menu mm. win something like that. Just Arsenal not. And then what was it? Three one in the end. Was it three one or was it four or four? Yeah. Three one. Three one. Ah, three one. Okay. Yeah. What well, felt like four one? <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know what has happened because like Arsenal have been pretty, pretty rubbish. Like, I mean, they've still Mm. got some results here and there, but, um, it sort of has seemed like, okay, now they're finally struggling. They've got a few key players out. Um, 
you know, maybe they're, you know, the, the Arteta revolution is like, you know, they've done relatively well, but now is time for them to sort of come back down to earth. And then mm. like the toughest games in their schedule, um, it's like, yep, they'll beat, yep, we'll just beat Chelsea. Oh yeah, we'll just do away with Man U. And yeah. then now, like their run-in is, <clears throat> excuse me, easier than ours from this point onwards because like they've got West Ham coming up which mm. I think West Ham won't care. They're just going to go for Europa and try and get Champions League that way. And then mm. they're only, like, they're playing Leeds, Newcastle, Everton, like, yeah, really wear the tough game in there. Um, mm. And now what I think, with the position that we're in now is, like, our game against Liverpool, we need points from that somehow. Yeah. And I don't see that happening. No, nor do I. I, I thought probably the, the biggest disappointment for me was you know it's second game in a row no Doherty and it's like we need him or we need someone to play like him um which is just again it feels like the biggest monkey paw um scenario but yeah I just thought both fullbacks were just so painfully average um it sucked and like there was no option otherwise like you bring on Reggie and we know what Reggie's been like he hasn't been great um, and then on the right-hand side, what do you do? Yeah. I feel like we're, we've woken up in some Irish fans, like fan fiction. <laughs> yeah. They're like, oh, you're all having a good talk. Uh, that's what I even know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're having a good talk. But I, uh, we'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Just, just, just wait. What if he was the best player in the world? Let's change that narrative. And then now it's like. Doherty out has been the biggest, like, you yeah. know, the biggest slipping stone for us. Like how, mm. um, how has that happened? And I, and I don't mean that. And again, in to like, to talk down Doherty, cause I think, you know, he was playing, he was playing well, but it's just seems so bizarre that it's like, you know, that was that he was the Jenga block, which has just mm. been pulled away. And now the tower is collapsing. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like, uh, you know, after Larissa's phenomenal uh, save game against Villa, again, he sort of reverted back to this, like, weird, you know, terrible... I mean, his distribution's never been good, but it seems like some of his decision-making as well is a bit questionable. Um, so hopefully, you know, if he's going to um, have really good games and then pretty average ones, he just times the really good ones for Liverpool and Arsenal. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I feel like we'll probably need it. Like I'm just so I'm just so perplexed uh in some ways, but then also not perplexed in other ways. And what I mean by that is that we we went from scoring the most goals in the league <laughs> since the start of the mm. year to now not having two shots on target. And I think we need to give credit to the way that the other teams we played have set up. Um and Brian of Brentford, they're like, Yeah, great, we'll play three at the back, we'll clog out the midfield. What are you gonna do? And we've kind of seen here that when that happens, Conte's really stubborn <laughs> and just like, I'm just so shocked that, <clears throat> excuse me, like a manager of this quality um, doesn't have a plan B that he can go to early in the game and go, okay, cool. They are, they are trying to match us up and trying to crowd us out. Instead of that, let's switch it up and do this. And I don't buy any arguments of like, well, we don't have the players, we don't have whatever, because it's like, we've got other players on the bench um, who could come on and change the shape. So I'm just so confused as well, where we get to a substitution towards the end of the game, where it's like, all right, we'll take off Sessegnon. And I thought, oh, maybe we'll chuck on like, you know, Stevie. And then, uh, you know, mix it up, like really kind of go for it. And it's like, no, 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 we're going to bring on Sanchez um, and push Davies. And I'm just like, what? What is happening here? And mm. I think Conte afterwards, he said, oh, you know, I wanted to deal with like their long balls and their headers and stuff. And, and I'm like, I don't think that was really a huge threat of like, like they had a lot of them, but I don't really recall them, you know, coming that close to scoring like consistent, consistently. It's not like we had like five chances for headers that we'd conceded. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously uh, Tony is, uh, he's, I was going to say brutal in the air. He's venomous in the air. I don't know. He's good in the air. And, um, like, I understand why you'd want to do that. But at nil all, um, 
it's such a it's like such a conservative substitution, um, Mourinho esque, you might say, rather than um, you know pressing to win the game. Yeah, it was really odd. And also this coming after the Arsenal game. Mm. So it's like we knew the result from that game. And I know that last week, you know, Conte had spoken about, well, if we're not going to win, the, the most important thing is to not lose. But seeing Arsenal win, it's kind of like, you know, a point really doesn't mean that much. Mm. I personally think right now because, like, I think it's it's really, it's really going to come down to wins at this stage. Mm. I don't think we're just going to creep over the line with a point now and so i would just be thinking like you just got to go for it and like we just need to try and and win especially with this game against liverpool coming up yeah yeah totally yeah go for it go for it you coward conte <laughs> you coward why don't you just um be brave be brave take a chance read brené brown's book get in the arena um instead <laughs> you're hiding away i'm sick of it um, and, and again, it was kind of like, I can't identify any of our players having a particularly good game. Um, and none of them were horrendous, but none of them were good either. Like it was, um, it was just sort of this, like, which is, you know, like you can't, it's not just like, oh, these players had really bad games, mm. but they'll be okay next time. It's sort of just this across the board, like malaise or, or, uh, lack of inspiration. Which was, yeah, really just, it's just depressing. Yeah. And I think that's why that's more depressing than if we had played, even if we had played much better and lost is that, and this is where I, I still don't know where the fault kind of lies. Like, is it our players that are not adapting to the situation or is it Conte being like, no, this is how we play. You do not stop playing this way. And that's, that's the end of it. <laughs> that's, that's mm. all there is to it. Because the worrying thing is, is that, um, Two teams in a row have now showed every other team we play against, like, cool, this is how you play against Spurs. This is how you stop mm. them getting those automations going. Um, mm. And there you go. That's it. It's done. So I feel like other teams are lining up against us now. Like, I mean, is Conte playing some long game here where he's like, no, 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 I'm fine to sacrifice these two games. Other teams will think we're stupid. And then when we <laughs> come up against them, they'll try and counter this. But then, you know, we're playing like 9D chess here. So we're then going to counter with this setup and this setup and that, which I really think that would be like absolutely ludicrous <laughs> if that was the case. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh, it's just the worst time that this could have happened, especially as like morale was so high and like we were talking like, cool, yeah, no, we're actually looking really good now. We're looking really solid. Um and your message, Barney, saying, hey, all the other teams are Spursy now, not us. And then it's yep. like, great. And now we are Spursy again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, that was my fault. Um, I shouldn't have said anything. Um, we all know as Spurs fans, as soon as you make a comment like that, it's going to absolutely go wrong. Um, and I, I know that. And yet I, I still made it. So my deepest apologies. I, I wonder with Conte, like, he, because with most teams, you know, especially with the amount of resources Premier League clubs have, especially the top ones with scouting and analysis and blah, 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 blah. Like, it's not like the way teams play is a secret. There might be, if someone does something new in a game that hasn't been tried before, then it's like, well, it's down to the manager and the the staff to figure out what to do. But, you know, most teams know how other teams play. And I wonder whether the Conte thing is like, well, no, we need to be so good at how we play that even when teams are like, we know how they play and we're going to stop them, they still can't. Um, but we've just failed to do that twice now. Um, and whether that's just we need more time or, you know, like everyone seems to think, new players, um, I don't know. But, uh Yeah. It's, uh, it's annoying. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating, especially on top of that. I think like half an hour before the game, some Spurs aggregator account put out, it was like, Conte wants to go to PSG. It was like, are we doing this again? Like we've done this so <laughs> many times this season. I'm so bored of it. Yeah. And Potch is coming back in return. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just so, <laughs> it's just so lazy in terms of those stories and, um, and then they could he end up PSG. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I don't care. Mm. I, I feel like what kind of annoys me the most about all that stuff is that 
it's like because Conte has won certain things, it's he's now just immune to any <laughs> criticism at all. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we have a bad result against Brighton. It's like, well, Conte's going to leave to PSG. You should be lucky that you have him, Spurs. And that's kind of the, like the underlying tone to a lot of the stuff that's out there, which really kind of irritates me because, um, yeah, like I think you could be right that Conte might be aiming for this thing of, hey, we will play our system so well that other teams just can't deal with it no matter how they set up. And that could be his long-term goal. Um, and he might look at, you know, the course of a season and go, well, cool, if we drop this many games by by sticking to this, we, we will probably win this many, blah, 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 blah. Um, having said that, though, I kind of feel like that's not really good enough in certain instances. It seems that just certain managers are just very, very reluctant to make changes to their game plan. And I wonder if that becomes like, maybe they're good managers because they are so stubborn in what they think. But like, you know, Poch, very often he didn't make early subs. Um, <clears throat> I think Jose didn't really quite a lot of times. Um, and now Conte just doesn't until we get to like, you know, the 70th minute or so. And, <laughs> you know, we get something like Bergwijn at, in 85 plus. So yeah, it, it just feels a bit, off to me and I think I would just love to see some more proactivity in these situations even if that means we go out and lose a game but I feel like we need to start trying things out because especially next season it's going back to five subs so therefore you have five five changes that you can then impact a game with um, and I think teams are going to start using that a lot more but then I wonder if Conte's like, no, I didn't even want five. Uh, just give me two. That's all I want. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to uh, give me one sub. Uh, I don't really mind. I, I remember with Poch, a lot of the the chatter around his hesitation to use subs was not only that he was um, welded to the game plan and, and wanted the players on the pitch that he'd picked to, he was showing faith in them by keeping them on because he was like, they'll they'll be able to figure it out and do it. And it was it was apparently so linked to personnel and his relationship and not wanting to damage that relationship. And then Mourinho comes in and there was that one game that we went two down to uh, the Greek the Greek team. <laughs> what are they called? Olympiakos, was it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Mourinho makes that really early sub and then does another sub at halftime. And it was like, oh, my God. And it, it worked. Um, and it was exciting. And then he stopped doing it. It was like, well, now is he like managing uh, relationships and blah, blah, blah. Especially, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if you've seen Serge Aurier's uh, interview where he talks about the main issue with uh, Jose at Spurs is, was not Jose. It was uh, our boy Jao Sacramento um, was very unpopular with the players and had bad relationships and Mourinho um, was, you know, there was it had some problems, but, you know, ultimately it was this other dude. And I wonder whether then Mourinho is trying to manage relationships. And now with Conte, I just don't imagine that he's the type of guy that's like, but I, I really want them all to just feel like they've got some agency here and they're going to, like, I, I can't imagine him not just being like, you're off. No, you're not. I've, I need to, we need to win. Yeah. Um, but that seems, you know, I'd say it's much more the system than personnel. But also, like... Come on, man. Like, just make a couple of subs early. you got Bergvine sitting there on the bench. And, and I think with, um, you know, obviously with Conte, it's more about the tactics. But, you know, we've got Stevie sitting there. And I wonder whether this week will be the week that we see the fabled Kulisevsky playing wing back. Yeah, I, I think it could be. And by the way, if anyone could hear there's what my baby has been just going absolutely nuts. So... <laughs> She is now joining us for the rest of the pod. Um, I'm so pleased to have you on. Um, I'm so pleased to have you here as a guest. This is probably our um, I'm the most nervous I've been having a guest on. Um, such a celebrity. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah. So now the pressure's on Remy. Um, so uh, if you hear any special comments that sound like tiny little squeaks and groans, uh, mm. that is that is Remy jumping on. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry, buddy. Where were we? Um, Kulisevsky at wing back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it didn't Conte, and I didn't even really notice it when watching the game, but he pushed him to wing back when he brought Lucas on, didn't he? Yes, I think so. Um, I think so. And so, yeah, I wonder if he then ends like, yeah, he does become the player who, who drops back there, even though I would much prefer to see Lucas go there. 
Yeah, exactly. I don't mind if he goes back there, but then Bergvine plays, I'm less bothered. But if he goes back there to bring on Lucas, I'm very bothered because both subs that we've seen of Lucas in the last two games have resulted in nothing. Like it's just been him losing the ball, uh, ruining any kind of moves that we might be doing um, and being just classic like Lucas basically. Um, and I don't – I've seen enough. I've seen enough of it. Yeah, I and I think in the past maybe we thought, oh, Lucas might give us something different. He might be able to break the lines. Uh, he, you know, he'll be able to do something. And I know it's always tough for players to come in after not playing consistently and then sort of just, you know, magically be great. But with his <laughs> – With his <laughs> – Nice. Remy's not a Lucas fed. Um, yeah, no. With his ability, like he he should be coming on and, and offering – Yep. <laughs> Great point. He should be coming on and offering um and offering a bit more and it's <laughs> Remy Dalek. <laughs> I think this is adding to it. This is adding. This is adding to it. This is probably more yeah. interesting than talking about the game. <laughs> Just hear what this little baby has to think about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> she's never like this is like the most she's ever like spoken or <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean you know obviously you're around her all the time I've never seen this kind of vocality from from Ram so this is great no it's it's great it's like she's she's maybe tried to say like dad or mum like a couple of times mm. um mm. and then when you try and get her to say it back um you're like say dad Dad, daddy, mm. she would say nothing, but now she's like, oh, bop, bop, dad, bop, do, <laughs> just scatting away. Yep. <laughs> go on, just continue to make your point. Oh, here we go. All right, yeah. we're here now. Uh, um, um, do you think this week will be the week that we see Kulisevsky at wing back, the fabled uh, Decky playing down on that side? Um, to uh, to give us another option going forward. Um, I hope, if that is the case, that Bergvine is the p- player to come on and not Lucas because, um, as we heard from uh, Remy earlier, I don't know if that will make the recording. Gee, uh, Dan Zorda does not like Lucas. I don't like uh, – I mean, yeah, I don't like Lucas. Um, acknowledging that he has done some good things for Spurs in the past, um, but he also loves a fascist and Bergvine's better. Yeah, um, I I feel like we're probably just past the point where Bergwijn would come on in that position because I feel like he's it's viewed as if like okay Bergwijn can come on and play from the left or he could play up front in a two, but we never have seemed to trust him to play on the right. Um, so I would I would love to see that happen as well, but I kind of feel like. We're probably stuck with Lucas until the end of the season if Kulisevsky is to is to shift somewhere else. Um, it also wouldn't surprise me if like like Conte seems like a pretty stubborn man, so I feel like he would pr- try and prove a point more than actually adapt to a situation. Um, and I feel like that's what's happening now as well, where it's like he's got his philosophy, he wants to play this certain way. If the players that are on aren't doing that. He's kind of like, well, what else can I do? <laughs> what else can I do to fix this situation? Um, I don't have the, you know, I don't have the the, the subs <laughs> that are the carbon copies of the players that I have on. So what am I supposed to do? Um, and I feel like we might just be getting into that territory. I, f- I would be disappointed to see Kulisewski go to wing back because when the games have started opening up, um, he's been so important to that because you get the ball up to him and he's just calm with it. Um, whereas you get like Son, obviously an incredible finisher, but sometimes I don't think he's as calm on the ball as say Kulisevsky is and Kulisevsky can slow it down and really pick out a pass. So yeah, I, I feel like we could see him be pushed back there, but I wouldn't be a fan of it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be, I'd rather him play on the wing as well, but if, if, you know, we're going to keep on going with this three, four, three, which I assume we are then um, we're going to, you know, like there's something needs to happen in the wing back positions because at the moment it's just, there's nothing. Um, 
And I think if, like, Doherty spent a lot of time in the box. And if Kulisevsky just sort of feels, can fill that role, which I think he can, like, he's so uh, physically strong. He's, um, like you said, you know, like, he's very calm on the ball. Um, I assume that his defending would be pretty good. Um, I can't think of any reason why I would think that it wouldn't be. Um, but yeah, I just think there needs to be a change there or yeah, we need to see what everyone's been dying for the Victor Moses solution where Lucas or Bergwijn gets, um, transformed into an unbelievable wingback or another player that we don't think of as a, as a fullback or wingback gets transformed into the best wingback in the world. Yeah. Suddenly out of nowhere, Alfie Devine (laughs) wins young player of the year. (laughs) Um, yeah, and I think on that, um, Sessegnon, I'm a bit disappointed with him, to be honest. Um, mm. I know that he's, you know, had some injury issues and, and those sort of things, and he's spoken about confidence. But I'm at the point now where I kind of feel like at a club like Spurs, it, you shouldn't be, we shouldn't be trying to, like, develop players who are not confident into believing that they can play in the Premier League and play at this level. Mm. Um so I'm not saying get rid of Session, but like I think, you know, he really should be going out to a, a loan another loan, but to a Premier League team where he's playing every single week and it's like, okay, cool. Now go develop your confidence as like a fullback or a wing back. Um, because I think just him coming back into the fold, like there were maybe one or two glimpses um where he looked okay, but he just looked, you know, overall quite timid. Um mm. and I just think that he's you know, he's just uh, I don't I don't want to say underdeveloped, but um, I I feel like even though he has shown us good glimpses, we are quite a way away from like the final product there. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and I'm uh, equally disappointed. It just feels um, like he hasn't really improved. If anything, he's regressed from when we bought him. I know he's been injured. He went away. He seemingly had like a bit of a good spell on that loan. And then has come, uh, then got injured, and then has come back, and it's just like well, you're not offer like the idea of you know the the idea of um, good Region and good Sessegnon as our um, left wing back options should be like very exciting, and unfortunately, it's not. <laughs> it's more frustrating, just really frustrating. Um, it's like they need to be one player where if they both if. Uh, Wow, um, I've gone completely blank here. If Sessegnon played with the tenacity that Region played with, and but if Region could shoot, we would have a phenomenal wing back. Um, but instead, we don't. Yeah, definitely. I I, I agree because you know um, Sessegnon is, I think, a lot better overall on the ball, um, and mm-hmm. but Region is more athletic, and his energy, like his energy, is ridiculous. Um, and like it's it's. It's quite impressive and not many players can actually get up and down as much as he can, but it's just these intricate patterns and plays. And I just wonder if someone like him is that suited for it. And I feel the same thing about Emerson. Again, it's weird just going back to saying that Doherty is the player who seems to be like the most (laughs) stable out of all of our wingbacks. And it seems like maybe he can follow instructions the best out of Mm. all of them. And he can execute, like if there's a pass that needs to be made there, boom, he can play it. He can, yep. he can play it. He can make the exact run how it's supposed to be made. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like the only thing I don't like is, you know, when we're sort of like in this territory is I, I again, I don't want to revert back to being like, well, Conte needs to be backed in the summer and it's all, it's all the player's fault because like, I really just do feel that, you know, we've got to start being much more critical of Conte in this situation. And when you have certain players, you got to work with them and you got to get results with what you have. Uh, you know, what would Sean Dyche say about yeah. all this? What would Sean Dyche say? What would he say now that he's on the market? You know, we could get him in maybe as an advisor um, of how to just grind out results um, because, you know, and maybe be more flexible. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine Conte would love that. <laughs> I was I was just going to say overall, like, it's, it seems like how things are going now is we are relying on getting an early goal and opening the game up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we do that, we, I have no 
<laughs> no reservations about us winning and scoring three or four. But it seems yep. like the longer um, a game goes on and teams can crowd us out, that's where we really don't have another option. Um, mm. So I think moving forward with this, um, let's just hope that um, <laughs> we can score an early goal <laughs> against Leicester. And like this is what we're hoping for now, I think, that we just need to somehow get an early lead. And it's almost like in this system, the worst thing that could happen now is for us to go down against a team who is crowning us out because mm. um, like it's it's just we're, we're in a lot of trouble when that happens. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to me that that's because that's what we were saying under Mourinho where it was like we need to get the first goal and then they can come on to us and we can counter. And with this, although we're not sitting as far back, it is the same situation where it's like we need – to if we score early it means we'll probably win if we if the game goes on even if we it's not necessarily about um conceding either it's just like it seems to be connected to just the length of time um that the game the game is at that makes it harder and harder for us to get anything going um which is so annoying um i think we've pretty much answered there was a question in the discord from uh sammy z what should we do if we see the stale lack of what should conte do (laughs) what should we do what should conte do if there's the same stale lack of movement like in the last two matches and i guess we've just spoken about that no what should Um, we do but i think we should write a letter to the club yeah yeah dear antonio Mm. i'm getting pretty sick of this i'm getting fed up with all this staleness um, and I would like to see a bit of Italian flair. That's why we brought you in. Um, I, I like Ferrari. I like Lamborghini. And I'm not seeing that. What I'm seeing is a Fiat or an Alfa Romeo. Yours sincerely, Bunny and Dan. You know, what this reminds me of is when I think it was maybe in the summer, someone put up like, here's Daniel Levy's email address. And he said he reads all of them. So let's email him and tell him what we think. And like the amount of emails that would have been sent along the lines of what you just said. And then some, which would have been a lot more, um, let's say unflattering as well. Yeah. Um, But they're just the idea that people think like, well, all right, Daniel's, he's led my thing about the fiat. He's read it. He's read it. Now he's going to fix it. And there we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and now we will, I really put the uh, wolf up him and uh, he'll, uh, he'll really be, uh, He'll be scared. He'll be scared to not do what I've said because imagine, I've been so rude in my email. Just imagine that. They're like, well, we were going to, look, we weren't going to spend in the summer, but we got this uh, letter here from Barney. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's been a bit rude. So I think we're going to have to reconsider the whole policy. Yeah. I think we might, uh, sorry, um, Mr. Paratitich, you uh, <laughs> can't say his name. That's I'm being Daniel Levy. He can't say yeah. uh, Paratitich or Paratitich. A little known um, fact, but true. Yeah, a little known fact. That's 100% that is breaking news. Um, uh, I've, I've just got this letter from Barney here. It's very strongly worded. And uh, you know I said you only had 10 million this summer? Well, actually, I'm going to bump that up to 400 um, because this speaks sense. Like, what? <laughs> It's it's just it's just madness. It's just madness. Mm. Yeah, absolutely um, madness. But yeah, I, I guess what I've been feeling sort of this whole time we've been chatting is just like it's really just like a a, a tiredness and a frustration now that we seem to be in this um just spot again where it's like finally we were able to, you know, claim fourth, put away Arsenal, all that sort of stuff. And um I think like, yeah, I genuinely believe that we were past it, but it just feels very tiring as a Spurs fan now to be, to be back in this situation. I think that's just the best way to describe it because it's like, um, you know, and then this is where you get like, you know, the, the older fans being like, oh, well, you know, you, you're silly if you thought it'd be otherwise. I've been following the clubs since 1962 and, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, 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 fine, whatever. But, um, I would still prefer to like get excited when things are happening, but I just kind of felt like. It, something felt different about this time and the results we were putting together and how we were starting to play. Um, mm. And that's why I think I'm, I'm just like, I feel so flat about it all this week because it's like, I'm really struggling to uh, just kind of come to terms with it and be, and go like, all right, well now we've got another, what, four, five games left to go. And you know, how, how much closer to the line can we go with this? Mm. Mm. 
yeah, I feel the exact same way. I don't feel anything other than just flat. Like that's the feeling. It's just like, oh God, like it feels like the the walls are sort of starting to fall in on themselves. Um, and it's not a nice, it's not a nice feeling. And the reality is like, if we don't finish fourth, we're going to finish fifth. Um, and there, there, I know that there's a lot of rhetoric around like Conte staying means we've got to be in the Champions League, which is hilarious because the person that is in charge of getting us into the Champions League is Conte. Like, yeah. so if he doesn't do what he wants to do, then he's like, I'm, I'm out, which is hilarious because also if we do make the Champions League, we know, you know, that Conte is not great in cup competitions and um, he needs, you know, more time to prepare and blah, blah, blah. So if we make it, maybe that will be detrimental. Um, yeah, the whole situ- situation is bananas. And the amount of, like, not feeling, uh, like, imposter syndrome, having a good... Like, we finally got the the coach that we wanted. Uh, and we wanted this kind of profile of coach, someone who's in their prime, uh, is high profile, makes uh, attractive football, and then we've got him and we've been like, oh, he's going to leave in any moment. We don't, he's a little old Spurs. He doesn't want to, what the hell? He's, he must hate it here. He's doing us. We should be, we should be bloody, the fans should be chipping in to pay him. You know, like there's all this like hand-wringing about it <laughs> when it's like, just relax. <laughs> Here's my Kickstarter. Uh, if everyone yeah. can donate a pound, uh, yeah. if all the Spurs fans in the world come to, towards yeah. Conte, then uh, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Um, that was actually one of my favourite things about with uh, Roman Abramovich having to sell the club was there was all these Chelsea fans that were like, "Well, we we will come together and if and we'll donate money to a Kickstarter or something, and that will keep the lights on and that will keep the club going and blah blah." blah. It's like no, but even if you guys raise millions of dollars, they cannot receive that money. Like what part <laughs> of this sanction do you not understand? Like, what? <laughs> Yeah. It's not just magically that all money has disappeared on earth and yeah. <laughs> they, can't, they can't get it. <laughs> They're not allowed yeah. to take it in. Although yeah. somehow three are still sponsoring their, their shirts. Mm. Um, and then I heard someone go, well, oh, well that's cause they can't afford now and to actually buy a new set of kits. And I'm like, yeah. you're kidding me, right? They've got like, yeah. they've got spare kits lying around. Yeah. Um, three have obviously just done a bit of a U-turn there. Um, mm. I think on the next, you know, talking about next season and keeping content and all that sort of stuff. Um, Cause now, you know, the cane, <laughs> all, all the cane sort of mm. chatter is starting to pipe up a bit again. Um, but I think like, I know I was critical of Kane last week and I think I'm critical of him again um, in that. I just feel like if you're a player as big as Kane and if you are, and if you're in Kane 10, you think you're as big as you are. um, Those sort of players find a way in, in these games to get something out of them. And I think I've been just disappointed and I don't think it's a fair enough excuse to be like, well, he was marked out of the game. Wasn't he? It's like, what? Like when, when you talk about like all the great players and like in moments when they've won and they've achieved and they've like, you know, won the world cup or they won the premier league that you never just go, you never had times like, Oh, well they were marked out of the game. So that's, they couldn't do anything there. It's like, no, no, no. They find ways to win. Um, and I know this sounds like a very basic sort of thing, but uh, it's really stuck me. It's like usually in the past when Kane has gotten marked, he drops back and he tries to get involved earlier. So even if Brentford and, and, and Brighton were really sort of crowding everything out, I'm like, Kane, drop back to centre-back for all I care. I don't care. Just, like, do the Kane thing of, like, I want to get on the ball as early as I can. Create some space in behind by doing that. Because if he's just standing in the middle and standing up there the whole time, I mean, it's, like, it's easy for them to mark him, of course. But if he's dropping back and, like, you know, getting it off Hoybier and, and, and Bettica, like, right there, or even sometimes getting it off the centre-backs, like... I, in these sort of situations where things aren't happening, I would love to see someone like that just step up and actually go, nah, screw this. I am not going to lose this game. I want to win. I'm going to do everything I can to make this happen. And it kind of reminds me of like, remember in like 2011-ish, 2011-2012, with Bale's last season for us? Mm. There are a bunch of games where we were not playing well with mm. um, AVB <laughs> and then mm. Bale's like, you know what? Stuff it. I'm going to get on it and I'm just going to get this 35-yard screamer um, mm. and I'm going to make something happen. I'm going to win the game. 
Um, mm. And I think I would really like to see that from Kane. And that has been a bit of a disappointment that he's just been lumbering around the last two games for me. Yeah, I, I. it's not like we've, you know, Mr. England captain, inspirational leader, hasn't been doing much inspiring. Um, with exactly, You're exactly right, that kind of... Because I don't reflect on either of these games and go, well, Harry Kane was... Um, it didn't happen, but Harry Kane was doing everything in his power to make something happen, make a win happen, make a draw happen, whatever. I mean, there was that amazing... He did clear it off the line, which was pretty good. Um, but... I saw something on um, Cuddly's Free Captain where they were talking about a correlation between Kane's performances dropping off and him in that tangle uh, with the goalkeeper in, I can't remember what game it was, and seemingly maybe hurting his ankle. And I wonder whether mm. he has got an injury, hence why he's looked, like you said, so lumbersome. Um, but if that's the case, like, he shouldn't be playing. So um, I agree, like, if you're not, bringing what you sort of which is you know the standard around Kane's so high but also he's not yeah he's not doing what what Harry Kane does and what his name commands and what the price tag that you know he would cost to buy commands it's it's this yeah kind of meekness and then the, the other thing is that Sonny's like after his hat trick has just like you said he he the more time he has a lot of the time, the worse the result is. Um, Definitely. And, yeah, and so that's you know a bit of a, a bit of an issue, at, like which is you know, I guess summarizing why we've been so crap going going forward because it just <laughs> feels like everyone's sort of a, a bit out of sync. Oh, definitely. And I love Son so much, mm. but I think you know you're right. He's it's like he is an absolutely world-class, elite, elite, top five, ten players in the world when it comes to being put through and um, his finishing. Like, it's incredible. Mm. Like, I don't know if there's a better, like, you know, both-footed finisher in the world than Son. And when he gets played through in those um, chances and when the games are open and he's got space to run into, he's incredible. But then I would say when he doesn't have that, I don't think he's an elite player mm. um, in terms of say when he's on the ball and he's got players to beat or he's um, like, I, I think Kulisevsky is much better in those scenarios. I think Kane is mm. better in those scenarios normally. Um, and I think it just shows that for how great Son is, um, he really is in a sense, like a, a team player, like he plays a role in the mm. team, um, but he, he can't quite, he just doesn't quite have the, the, it, it feels weird to be criticizing Sod's skill set out of all this, but um, he's just like his game lacks a little bit when he really has to sort of, um, you know, consistently create something for a game and be like the main attacking thrust for us. Mm, mm. Um, and I think, Although like, having, yeah, you go. having said that, when he um, has been our sole striker when Kane's been injured, like some of those runs have been his best runs of form, but it seems to be. When Kane's in the team um, and he is in charge of, you know, if he has a ball and needs to make a pass or, you know, whatever, it's he loses the ball a lot. And like you said, I would much rather, I, I would trust Kane or Kulusevsky with the ball having to figure something out over Son. Um, because, and I don't, th I think Son, the frustrating thing to me is that I'm like, I have seen you do it on occasion and I know that you are very capable of it. But you, he must panic or something, and then he, you know, ends up doing ten thousand stepovers, and you know, sort of moving into an area maybe where he could have laid off a pass or done something else. Whether with Kulusevski, watching him a lot of the time, I'm like, what? How did you? What? Like that's incredible that you decided to do this thing so that then you could do this. Like that yeah. is brilliant. Um, I mean, I, I guess the the thing I take away from this is. Again, uh, how good a signing Kulusevsky is that we're talking about him in this kind of um, uh, echelon, this kind of era. Definitely. And look, I think on the on the point of Son there too, um, yeah, you're right. Like he has, there have been times where he has sort of like, you know, shouldered a lot more of the weight and has led us through some games without Kane. But I'd be interested to go back and see how he had actually played throughout the whole of those games 
and mm. or whether he was just on, you know, finishing a couple of goals or even like, he's definitely made some goals out of nothing. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Like he's definitely mm. done that. Um, but I think he excels at that when the game is open, um, because then he can use his pace and his directness. Like the, the, the goal he scored against Arsenal, um, last season, it was open. Kane played him through it. There was space to run into and he just absolutely hit a pearl. The, the Puskas goal against Burnley, like the game, there was space for him there. Even the Man City game, they were pressing up. There was space for him there to then cut inside and place a really great shot. Um, but I almost feel like when Kane's there, it's, it's just like Kane is a bit too selfish of a player where like Kane won't say, hey, you know what, coach, I'm injured. My ankle is, uh, my ankle sore. Like I hadn't heard about that, um, that theory about that he got, he's, he is actually carrying an injury, but that would make sense. Um, but Kane would never, never pipes up about that. And it's like, you know, he's been quite a lot in the past. Well, not quite a lot, but he's been, you know, there have been multiple times in the past where he's had an injury and he just doesn't pipe up and he just wants to play through. Um, but then I kind of feel like someone like Son is almost a bit too unselfish when Kane is in the team. So, Instead of getting it and then just trying to go for it, it's like he'll get it, he'll go wide, he'll cut back, he'll play it back. Um, so it's like I feel like if you had maybe a bit of that um, middle ground there, that might sort of assist in these scenarios. Uh, I, I guess what this boils down to for me is I just feel like overall we've got the players that we should be able to pull out things and win some of these games even when we're not playing well and even when we don't dominate, um, you know, the match. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally right. And it's that same old, uh, like, Tottenham thing where it's like, you know, when the going gets tough, Tottenham get going. And that is such a broad brush to paint this team with because that idea of, uh, you know, like teams being physical and then Tottenham carrying away is not, that's not the case. But it is the case that it seems like we can't, be playing badly and just make it happen because of the quality of the team and and whatever else is around that that contributes to it. Um, one thing that I found really weird was obviously this was the first time that we versed Ericsson uh, and it was very – every time he got the ball, I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, what's he going to do? <laughs> and he didn't score anything, but he, I thought, played pretty well and – um, that game just, I mean, I already wanted him to come back to Spurs. Um, but that game really, I was like, oh God, imagine if he was in our team, um, what could he add to what's happening right now? Yeah. Uh, like, I, I think you're right. And I was, I was fearful watching this game that, you know, the, it was going to go, all right, Ericsson, we play him. And then he manages, he puts in a free kick and then he gets like three assists and, you know, contributes to tearing us apart which he didn't do, but he did look pretty good throughout the game. And he looked like he should be back playing at this level and looked very, very comfortable coming back into the Premier League after, you know, everything that's happened. Um, yeah, I'd still take him. <laughs> I'd still, mm. um, I'd still take him. And, and I know we talked about this last week too, but like, and it was like, well, where would he actually fit in this current system? And, but I then kind of feel like, well, if maybe if we get Ericsson and Conte is so, so keen on him, maybe then he, he does change the system to play two up top and, and, and sort of fit him in. Um, but yeah, I'd take it back. He looks, he looks pretty good and he's crossing his, his corners. They were all like going in. Like, I know that there's like a lot of discourse in the past of like, Oh, it doesn't beat the first man. Then other people go, no, but that's the perfect way to take a corner and blah, 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 blah. blah. But it's like, I thought all of his corners looked relatively dangerous. Um, mm. and he just looked so calm out there, which I think was yeah. the thing that maybe struck me the most about him, that he just looked very, very relaxed and comfortable. Mm. Yeah, he looked really calm. Um, I want to know at the end of the game, uh, him and Sonny hugged and then Son put his hand over his mouth and said something. And as soon as Son did that, I was like, he's saying, see you next year. <laughs> and but who, who it could have been he could have gone blah like that <laughs> like who knows what he said but every time it, like any player puts their hand over their mouth to say something to another player I've never wanted anything more in my life to know what they said 
which I feel like could be an extremely disappointing exercise if I had the ability to to find out. But um, <laughs> you'll be sitting in the yeah. ground with like a long range like microphone and like headphones on, just trying to trying mm. to get the scoop. Yeah. He said blah. Yeah, he said blah. Can you believe it? He said blah. What does that mean? B. What uh is it code? Is it a cipher? Um I was hoping to if you know, obviously I was hoping for us to win, but if Ericsson was to score, I was, you know, fascinated to see, you know, the whole like do you celebrate against your old team kind of thing. And I was like, I wonder if he will, because he's a weird man. Because he would think that it's like, well, I scored a goal. It doesn't, it doesn't have any kind of ramifications. And then I wanted to see what would happen within the Spurs discourse around him. Cause it would be like, hey, buddy, celebrated traitor. He's a traitor. <laughs> I don't even want him now, which uh, would then guarantee that we would get him. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I feel like if he did score, he probably just would have given like a smile and a little wave mm. <laughs> or something like that. Because, I think the way, like the manner that he left, like he wanted to leave, he wanted to go, yep. and eventually he got the move, he went off, won a title, got what he wanted. Um, so if like for him to have any like animosity against the club or really like try and, you know, roll us up afterwards would be a big shock. But I, I feel like he just seems to be enjoying himself. So I think that there'd be a little smile and and nothing else. But you're right, it would have ramped up the the discourse around, oh, this is the play we need, this is the play we need. Ah. Um, Again. So, yeah, look, Barney, should we do our bit Spursy medal votes? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I know it's it's one of those weeks where it's just like, <laughs> it's a challenge. It is a challenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, would you like to kick things off or do you want me to go? Yep. No, I'm happy to, I'm happy to kick things off. Um, oh, let's, uh, let's get stuck in here. What a... What a great field of players to give out votes to after that. Um, I'm going to give uh, my three votes to uh, Hoybier because at least he was running around <laughs> doing stuff, trying his best. And I'd like to vote for him because I know it will annoy Marty, um, who's on the Discord. Um, two votes I'm going to give to uh, Eric Dyer. Um, because he seemed to continue to, and he just gets missed. His his revival, I feel like, doesn't get appreciated. And he um, also was the one tasked with speaking to the press at the end of the win again. Weird. Oh, so strange that he's the one. <laughs> oh, no Harry. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no Hugo. Oh, Dyer. Yeah. So the second game in a row after a loss, <laughs> Dyer again is the one that has to go out and and, you know, talk about that. Or a draw that felt like a loss. Well, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah like uh, he. It's it's what we were saying a couple of episodes ago, where it's like if we lose or it, we draw and it's not good, Dyer speaks or Hobier speaks, like um, or even Davy speaks sometimes. But you know, when we win, then it's Harry Kane. Then it's you know Sonny. Um, actually Sony has spoken after a couple of losses. There was that one where he just looked so devastated. That was awful. Um, but it's interesting. There's, there's this real pattern. Um, so yeah, two to Dyer and one, I'm going to give, um, two. Christian Erickson. Um, great to see you back out there, Christian. Um, hopefully you're here next year. Um, really pleased, uh, to see you enjoying your football. Um, in terms of encouragement awards, I don't know if I have uh, any to give out. Uh, maybe Benton Kerr gets one. Um, uh, I'm going to give one to Stevie um, because he should have been playing. Um, and then negatives, I'm going to give. I'm going to give a negative vote to Conte because for the second game in a row, we saw the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also going to give a negative two. Um, I don't like the Brentford manager. I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, in my head, I was like Daniel Farker, but was wasn't I think he was Norwich, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, his name? Oh, Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank. Yeah, yeah. I don't like his jackets. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a that's a negative vote. All right, great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that was very uh, very kind of you, Barney. There, when you could have given out a lot more, you know, negatives towards us, but you're like, you know what? But it's like you didn't want to fully just 
take a vote away from the manager. It's like, well, for his jacket choice, yeah. for his jacket choice, nothing yeah. else. I'm not being petty here. It's just, I don't no, like his jackets. No. I don't like them. I don't like them. Uh, it's interesting that you, you uh, included Ericsson in your votes because on the discord, we had pretty much everyone who, uh, voted on there had Ericsson mm. either in the points or with the courage rewards. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, which is fair, which is fair. Mm. Um, so, and apparently, um, LJ said he was being very friendly in the tunnel before kickoff, um, and was just being a good bloke. So I'm like, all right, great. He might, oh, will he sneak into my votes? Uh, I'm going to give three to Hoybier. Great. Again, just hustling hard. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, Marty went like that. Uh, two, <laughs> um, it's really challenging after this. I think I'm going to give two to Romero. Um, and I, yeah, I think that's a good you point. Know, I think it's like he's he's probably another player who at least, I think, tries to get things going, and even if it doesn't always work. Um, I think, like, he gave the ball away a few times when he was trying to pass and, and, and all that, but I think that's almost also just credit to how Brentford were playing too. But, um, yeah, I think Tudor Romero. And I'm going to go one to Dyer as well, just mm -hmm. for facing cool. up. Facing up to the cameras and mm. speaking on behalf. Uh, I'll also give uh, half, a, half a vote, a little encouragement award to... Uh, to Ericsson, just for just for, just for having fun again, mm. just for going out and having fun. Um, I'm gonna give. I don't care. I'm not gonna worry too much about negatives overall because I thought the rest of the team. Like I might give maybe negative one to Kane and then a negative five to Conte. Yeah. Um, because I just think after like seeing a similar thing happen the week before, like to then just not have any. <laughs> Any plan to change it, um, I think it's just like it's not, it's not right. It shouldn't be mm. happening like that. Um, mm. Another uh, someone that we should mention too is the Bar and Post, which had a pretty good game um, and collected quite a few votes because um, mm. I think Brentford hit the post in the first half or and the crossbar in the second maybe. Mm. Um, so a few votes have gone gone that way as well. But yeah, look again, one of those weeks where it's really tough to sort of you know, assess individual performances and maybe that, maybe this is overall what we're just talking about in general, Barney, and what it speaks to that, like, it's not like it, it's not like the specific players just had complete howlers, but it's just the fact that the whole team was just mm. sort of lacking. So yeah, I really, I really hope more than anything that we can turn it around um, this weekend and, and sort of get back. Um, yeah. We, we need this. We need this. I need this. Personally, as a human, I need this right now. <laughs> yeah, I really need us to win on Sunday. I'm really feeling like uh, that will. Um, I don't know what it will do, but uh, it, I need it. Well, and, and we get no Paratici. What's your banjo? There was no, there's no footage of Paratici when we lose. It's just, yeah. it makes yeah. it very hard for us to do the Paratici watch here. Yeah. How are we supposed to do it? They, they really don't think about us um, at all. Um, well, before we go, I just want to, um, well, we both want to make a shout out to uh, young uh, Focus on the Discord who uh, is going through a tough time at the moment and just sending uh, good vibes your way. Yeah, definitely. And, mm. uh, yeah, our thoughts and, uh, all love from the Vitspursy community, uh, are mm. coming your way. Cool. Well, that's us. We've got, uh, Leicester, which is an 11 PM game here, um, which is good. Uh, but if we put in the same kind of performance, I think I'm going to pull my eyes out. Um, I think I'm going to pull my eyes out and, um, replace them with, uh, uh, just, uh, YouTube clips. I'm going to download USBs and plug them in, and then they're just going to be clips of the good times, the good times that we've had. What specific good times will be the first to be uploaded into your eyes? Um, probably, you know, that uh, the photo of Sonny doing that weird side lounge after the semifinal. Okay. Um, that would be one of them. <laughs> um, what else would there be? Oh, Mourinho uh, doing his upper pier. Upper pier. That would be, I love that. <laughs> Um, you know, and then obviously games that have been good. Uh, the times we beat Chelsea at Stamford Bridge a few years ago, uh, beating Man City, there'd be, be 
quite a, you know, there'd be quite a long uh, list. No, it's great. And uh, I will support you in that. And, mm. um, yeah, <laughs> we, we need this. <laughs> All Spurs fans need this. We need, we need something. So please, please Spurs, if we can put this out into the, into the ether out there, please Antonio, give mm. us something this weekend to cheer about. Or- or you'll get a very stern letter, <laughs> and that will be frightening. Um, cool. All right. Well, um, as always, I've been Barney. I've been Dan. And come on, you Spurs. Please. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.